What's good, boys and girls? Fins Up Podcast, take two on this glorious Wednesday night. A uh, bit of a weather update here. Uh, the smoke is terrible mm. from the back burning. Uh, I hope everybody uh, has a safe uh, trip into their workplace. The roads were terrible this morning. Uh, but other than that, it's quite warm. And Dan is in a singlet. I am joined by my handsome colleague, as always, Mr. Dan Nichols. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm doing good, but uh, I'm a bit envious of you because you get to look at me in my singlet. Uh, for those not watching at home, which is everyone, hopefully, if you are watching, hey, how's it going? Um, this is a comfort thing, Terry, because sharks are done and I don't care anymore. How about your fine self? Yeah, look, been a, been a good week, been a... You know, don't have to stress about Team List Tuesday this week, apart from the, the girls playing Parramatta this week, I believe. Sunday, are they? Uh, yeah. Rugby League's been way off my mind. Uh, I have seen some stupid Penrith fans, again, make some outrageous claims on Twitter, and it just shows why everybody hates them. But other than that, Dan, it's, it's been a great week. I feel you. I like it. Well, I like to hear that, mate, and we'll be we'll be happy for this weekend for a change. For the first time in, well, how many? About 30, 30 weeks, roughly, or thereabout? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember the <coughs> podcast leading into the season where we said footy's back, and now I'm glad that our season is... Well, I'm not glad that our season's over, but I'm glad I don't have to give a shit about rugby league anymore. Just a quick podcast on this one. Uh, we are going to do the backs, uh, forwards, uh, and halves uh, reviews later on in the season. We've got a lot of podcasts coming up, lots of fun ones as well, but we just thought that we'd have a, a bit of a chew the fat chat tonight on a review of the season, and we'll talk about um, our favourite game, our best win, our worst loss, our player of the year. I'm going to spring this one on you as well. Our most disappointing player. You mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to think about that at the moment. But uh, on a season of reflection, Dan, I know there's a, uh, your favourite win and your best win because I think our best win is a our best win doesn't come anywhere near close to my favourite win. But what was your favourite win of the season? Purely personally, beating the Bulldogs at home. Now. Absolutely was. I shared that game with you. I that, was with you. Well, I was going to say, it's got a lot to do with the company. Now, the game itself was a steaming dog turd, let's be honest. It was over very quickly. Cronulla were too good. No, I think we took our foot off the pedal when we could have put them, when we could have flogged them. But coming out of that game, I just, I was just happy, Terry. Beautiful Sunday night, Sunday afternoon in the Shire. Uh, yourself, Paul, there were a couple other people there. I think Hectic was there too, shout out. Uh, ran into Cleveland, Mel, of course. So, it was just good people. It was Chapo good... was there as well. Oh, Chapo, know, not, not all good, but uh, no, no, shout out to Chapo too. It, it just was a fun afternoon, mate. We had some good seats in the second half on, on halfway or thereabouts. Saw Big Tommy, Big Bold Tom break his try duck, score his first try. Dragged 36, you can count them. There were 36 defenders on his back. You know, better than the Fafita try I yelled at the time, and I stand by that. More important too, but... Uh, it was just a fun afternoon at the football. And I remember lining up. I think you were getting a hot dog or something disgusting that I would never put into this temple of a body of mine. And a guy who I, well, a guy who I still couldn't pick out of a crowd, so sorry if you are listening, 
noticed my jacket, said thanks for the podcast, shook my hand, and I was like, I felt good. And thank you, whoever you were. If if you hear this, hit me up on Twitter, or you something, at least a name, a shout out. I just mate, I just I just fucking enjoyed it. It was just fun. There was no worrying about results because we knew we'd win. There was no worrying about, you know, oh tonight, how am I gonna feel after? Who's this? We went and did a podcast after. I believe that might have even been the uh, the day that Timmy Zoo won that fight beforehand. He did. It just, did. mate, it was my favourite day of the year, Sharks wise, and I would love to do it again with you, of course, sometime yeah. soon. He absolutely blooded the shit out of that bloke in the first round, didn't he? Well, because we were That's we it. were starting to think, oh, if it goes to three or four, we might have to bail. And Timmy wanted to watch the Sharks. So thank you, Tim. You're a big fan of the show. We know you're listening. Shout out to you. We had about three or four seconds. Mate, belted him. It was real good. But, uh, mate, what was your favourite game of the season? Now, look, I, I thought about that game. I also thought about the other dogs game where you and I took the trip out to Homebush. But I think the only reason why I enjoyed that game so much is because of the fantastic podcast we did in the car on the way home. It was the first actual live podcast in the in the car that we had done and the oh no it was it was the second because we did Canberra but that one was was just a, a fun enjoyable because we won the game but it was a steaming pile of shit again and we didn't really play well. And then I thought about the two Dragons games. Now anytime you put ninety two points on your biggest rivals and they barely managed to score twenty four or whatever it was in, in return over the, the two legs. But the most fun that I had at a game and my favourite win was against the Titans. Mm. And we beat them 36 points to 6 at home. Um, it was Wade Graham's 251st game. We got to celebrate the 250th. Obviously, 250 was the week uh, before when we beat South Sydney. But it was the home game. We had the banners. There was the big, you know, everyone just got there for Wade. I remember, I keep, keep going back to it, but the cheer that he got when they were announcing the, the team lineups. But also, the, the Titans did something really dumb before that game and announced Tino and Fafita on these ridiculous contracts. It just put so much pressure on them. But had all the kids there. My youngest daughter, Paige, uh, was in her shark dress with her pom-poms and was dancing away. Um, had the other young daughter, Amaya, there. She was just having the time of her life, even though she's a Penner fan. Harper and I sat together. We were just a big ball of nerves. Because uh, we always are during the Sharks game, it was just it was just fun, and we just we just beat the shit out of them. Anytime you just go and beat the Titans, like the Titans have been a real annoying team for us over the years. Like we had a draw with them during our run in 2016, and there was a time in 2017 when we were really good and they were really shit, and they somehow flogged us. Like anytime you can just get over these pricks, I just enjoyed it, man. That was my favourite win of the year. It's it's about the moments. About it's about the people. So, mate, I I love hearing that. I watch that game at home with the kids. Um, I remember Bryson laughing because I can't say Tino Farm. I saw Malali well, and I probably butchered that three times. And he just you did just butcher that. And he just kept pissing himself because I kept trying, and I just cannot do it in my tiny Australian Anglo brain. So apologies, big Tino. Just mate, there were there were a couple of really good wins. That, that Bulldogs away trip was probably my number two. I enjoyed the Canberra trip. Didn't enjoy the game, enjoyed the trip. Yep. And there were, there were a couple of others that I watched at home. You know, the, the Dragons games, both of them were incredible. Watching those that weren't there, it was shit. And it was a Sunday night. 
and we were standing with Scott, who's the editor on Zero Tackle, and he's a big Dragons fan. And he was getting under Terry's skin. No, not doing anything on purpose, just pissing Terry off. Until we started winning. And then it became, who cares about this guy anymore? The confidence he had in his team, Dan. Yeah, it was offensive, mate. But mainly... disrespect. The Mainly the best thing about that game was we were about the fifth people through the gate. And we sat down. And the sixth person came over and said, oh, you're in our seats. And it was a one in literally 15,500 fucking chance. And we sat right there. Uh, yeah, and look, I mean, to to also turn around and pick these games over the Parramatta game, which was, we were down 10-0 or 12-0 and then came back and won that game. So, yeah, a couple of really, really good games there. But what do you think our best win of the season was? The South Sydney win in Perth, and it's not even South close. Sydney. Beating yeah. a team who we were... were a genuine title threat at that chance. Now, I know they missed the eight, but you cannot tell me they weren't a top eight best home side this year, yeah. because if you tell me they're better than Canberra, I'm telling you to get fucked. And as Tyson Gamble would say, get fucked. Uh, yeah, well, look, we had come off three losses in a row, and one of them was a shock loss uh, to Manly, you know. So um, got just got flogged by New Zealand, had been beaten at home by Manly and lost 28-0 to Penrith, and we were busted. Like, we came off that field in that Penrith game like, Everyone looked like Cam McInnes. We were just absolutely busted, and you started seeing the report. Like, like I remember that that Sunday afternoon, uh, Cooper Cronk, Brandy, Brayton Astor, all the people, Corey Parker, all the people on NRL Fox after the Penrith game were saying the Sharks are going to miss the eight. I would be surprised if the Sharks won another game this year. Look at the tough run home they have. I'd be surprised if the Sharks make the eight. So then, because they were taking this off the basis, 24 hours after a loss to Penrith, they're taking this off the basis that we were going over to Perth to get handled. Mm-hmm. So that was a really, really important win because it springboarded, you know, we go and beat the Titans, and then that gives us the confidence to go up to Townsville and effectively end their season. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, look, I think really, really important win. I think, um, you know... A lot of people I've spoken to and said the best win of the season, they've said the 44-6 win over the Cowboys. No, that was another fun win. That was a fun win. That wasn't our best win in terms of what we needed for the season. Our best win was against the Rabbitohs in Perth. And I honestly think the loser should have had to relocate. Yeah, I'm, I'm in hindsight. I'm happy with that. That Cowboys game just quietly the Thursday night, given the emotion of the Paul Green medal and... And again, yep. the company was very good that night, and it, it was a lot of fun. And that was the night that we unofficially announced Matty Studden as a shark, which which piqued my curiosity. That's um, that was another good moment. But yeah, I'll tell you what: for a season that I don't think we'll look too fondly behind our uh, back on, a lot of good times. Yeah, look, the wins that we had were great wins. It's just some of the losses that we had were absolutely pathetic losses. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot, you know, if you could, if you could take one game from our season and say, this is what Cronulla should be, this is what Cronulla should be, you would show the first 65 minutes of that Rabbitohs game, because it was brilliant attack and staunch defense off a depleted team. Now, you and I said at the beginning of the year that we were one of the deepest teams in the league. I stand by that. I just think a lot of players didn't step up in the way that I thought that they should have, 
And I think a lot of players regressed as well. And I also put a lot of this on Fitz for not making some earlier decisions. So um, that win for South Sydney, though, was hands down, hands down the best win of the season, the most important win of the season, and a game, as I said, that you can you can go back and, and really just look at it and say, you know, this is, this is what Cronulla are. It was great. Yeah, very, very enjoyable. What are your worst loss of the season? Uh, okay, so I'm gonna. I've got my 3-2-1. So in third place is the Manly at home. Shit the bed. Awful. I know we came back late, but that made it worse. I wish we just got flogged. Number two, also at home, the loss to the New Zealand Warriors. Leading 20-0. It was game over, and we absolutely choked it. But for me, the undisputed worst loss of the season was Magic Ground against the Dolphins. We went up there with a disgusting attitude. I don't think I've ever been so annoyed at my club. Now, I, I threw a bit of hyperbole out the other night saying the Roosters' loss was the worst of all time. The Dolphins' loss was worse because it was putrid. We lost to a, a shit team with the greatest respect. And our superstar, Sifa Talakai, got absolutely bodied by a guy that I am legitimately in better shape than, which is fucking embarrassing. I will never, ever, ever get over that loss to the Dolphins. And I didn't even mention the floggings. I don't know. I can take those. It's the games that we should have won that we lost in embarrassing circumstances. It's the hope that kills you. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of a lot of bad losses by big margins. Like I already touched on it. We got touched up by the Warriors over in New Zealand. We got belted by Penrith. Don't let the scoreline fool you in the Manly game because we were down thirty nil on Manly turnaround and went fuck. You know, we'll just we'll go into next week and see what we can do. Um, that Dolphins loss. In hindsight now, looking at where they finished was a bad loss. A really, really, really bad loss. And there are a couple of these losses that you turn around and go, wow, how, how did we not flip the script to, you know, a couple more wins gets us fourth, you know, where we're still playing finals footy at the moment. I'll give you my 3-2-1. Uh, Melbourne away is the third. I think that loss was disgusting and it we had no right to lose like that because we were in good form going into that game. Mm. Uh, number two is the Dolphins game. Um, yeah, absolutely threw that away. If I could give a 2A, I would say Newcastle. Mm. And I know that we went up there without Nico Hines, but 6-0, 6-all at halftime, sorry. And Nicker have bombed a try. Mm. We probably should have... If you're going to lose, we shouldn't have lost like that. Yep. But for mine, the, the worst loss of the season was the Warriors at home. Mm-hmm. That was as inexcusable. 20-0, 26-12 at halftime. You can't go losing that. that. That just showed the arrogance that they just thought... We've just got to turn up for this game. And they did. They just turned up. But they forgot to turn up for the second half. Someone forgot to tell Cronulla that the second half had started. By the time they did, it was too late. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, to me, that just spelled absolute trouble. We let some terrible footballers play really well. And I think that was the game that started the run for Dallin martinez Lesniak, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Well, they, they had a centre pairing of Rocco Berry and some guy they found on the way in. 
And Out they, of Pompeii. Yeah, and they took our superstar centers apart. It was it was embarrassing. And yeah, that was one of Ramian's worst it, games as well, wasn't it? And at twenty nil, you're like, we're racing the clock here. Like we're going to win by sixty. We were. And then we just couldn't get it going in the second half. And then the only chance we had to send it to golden point late on, we we asked Nico Hines to kick it forty five degrees in from forty five meters in a howling wind, and it was raining sideways. And it was like kicking a brick. And I think he kicked it like fifteen meters. And it was like you just you idiots. You, they just fucked it. It was it was despicable. If I wasn't at the Dolphins' loss, that game was probably the worst. But I was there, and I felt. And it was disgusting. Either or, either of those two, I will take and I will put them in the never, ever, ever happen again if possible, please, pile. Just awful. Yeah, you, you just got to show, like we said, that if you got to show one game that shows what the Sharks are, these games probably show what we really are mm. in the fact that we can just be so good and so bad. Because, again, like, like the Dolphins game, we just waited. We just waited, and then we're like, "Oh, we're down thirty nil. We better start playing footy now." Yeah, it was, it was the, the these games are ones where we lost momentum, and we, or we had momentum, we lost it, or we never had it. Whereas, like the games against like Melbourne fifty six four or whatever it was, you just knew going down there you were going to get flogged. But I went to Magic Round thinking we should beat these pricks. I definitely went into the game against the Warriors thinking we beat them. That Magic Round game, I mean, we were the shortest price favourites on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And remember they lost... Now, someone played the Tigers. Yeah. Someone played the fucking Tigers that night. Yeah. We were the shortest price favourites. And they lost the centre, whoever it was on the day, and they had to they had to debut this bloke who we've nicknamed the meme, and he hasn't played well after. He's just... Like, I know I'm, I'm bagging this guy because it's funny because of the way he looks, and I don't mean to do that, but... It is what it is. And when we like saw him against Talakai, we were like, oh, well, Talakai's going to have a day out. He got absolutely bodied, mate, and he made Ronaldo look like an absolute amateur on the day. This is, you know, this is where you joke around and turn and say, oh, someone got injured in the warm-up and you had to pick someone out of the crowd. They've literally picked this guy out. Like, as you said, no offence to Valence Tawari. He's got a highlight reel of New South Wales, uh, sorry, of Q Cup. That is amazing, but he should not be one doing it in the NRL as a rookie and two against Cesar Talakai, who's an Origin player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was bad, but I still maintain that like everything went against the Warriors in the first half of that game, and they scored a late try to make it twenty six twelve, and that gave them a little bit of a sniff, and that's all they needed. And as you said, this team just. It cannot wrestle momentum back. Like, you have a look against the Rabbitohs. We're up 26-0, and we nearly fucking lost it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's been some shit. Tough time. It's been some shit. Anyone that's listening, hit us up on Twitter. Which of those two is worse? I'll take either yeah. answer because they'll both fucking I'll, die. I'll, 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 put, I'll, put, I'll put a Twitter poll up afterwards just to, to get some interaction on that one as well. But Sounds good. Let's get away from the, the, the bad stuff. Now, you and I, as we said, we're going to review our um, our backs and our forwards, and we've decided that we're going to put Blake Braley in with the forwards, mm-hmm. so that way we can review him. We've got a lot of fun podcasts coming up before we get into our player of the year, Dan. Um, so next week, we've got a podcast called This or That. Uh I'm not telling you anything about it. It's just you and I on this one, but this or that is going to be 
a really fun podcast. Then we're going to have a break. Uh, I'm going on holidays, a well-earned holiday, if I should should say so myself. Absolutely. Unless there's uh, any breaking news in Shark Town that I'll yeah. cover, we're going to well, take I mean, a like look. If, if we sign David Clemmer when I'm on the road, I'll, I'll pull over. I'll, I'll just tell the kids to be quiet for a little while. You'll be able um, After the grand final, we'll do the backs review, then we'll do the forwards review. And then we've got... <laughs> Sam Shinazi and TK jumping on for a headlines podcast. Mm. Now this is going to be a lot of fun. I've done, I've done a lot of preparation. I started preparing for this podcast in August. Glorious. Such is how fun I think it's going to be. Uh, we're going to do a nostalgic pod, which I haven't told you what it's going to be, and then we're going to do uh, our five say five favorite sharks seasons. Oh no, sorry. The nostalgic pod is the five. Uh, favorite season outside of 2016, yep. and then we're also going to do a review of the Newtown Jets 2019 mm-hmm. because that was just a lot of fun. Because a lot of those players from the Newtown Jets are currently in our first grade side. Yeah, a bit of a where are they now feel if I do say so yeah. myself. Uh, and then we'll get into the previews of the season. We might actually get some fans on from some teams we like. Mm. Um, but let's let's do it now. Let's go with your most disappointing. Player of the year. Who was it? Young Daniel. Can I can I make it the most disappointing part of the club, Terry? Whatever. Craig Fitzgibbon. I love the guy. Okay. But I am extremely annoyed that after two seasons, two full seasons, he doesn't know how to use a bench. And I'm also annoyed that we went into a game this week. We had our, you know, three or four props out. And we couldn't look and say, yeah, look, Jesse Calhoun has 15 games under his belt. Put him out there. He'll do a job. We we knew Sifa Talakai, what, 10 weeks ago was dropped and told you're not good enough to play centre. He missed a game through being sick. He was unwell. He, he was supposed to go off the bench. He never played. And then the next week, he decided straight back in at centre. So what's the lesson learned from that? We should have had Kylie Rowe with 10 or so games under his belt and ready to go. And I said after round three, and you you said it as well, that they should just have, have kept Trindle in the side because we knew what we had in Moylan and we could always go back if we needed to. But... Ultimately, Matt Moylan's about 104 years old, or his hamstrings certainly are. It's coming to a point where it's just a matter of time until you make the switch. So we we had him, we had Trindle in. He went back to Newtown, or he sat on the bench as 18th, 19th man. I think he might have even played a minute or two here or there. Was sent so far backwards, went back to Newtown and was, was steaming shit because he hadn't played in weeks. And all the flips in the Facebook group jumped on saying, this guy sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I had to defend him and say, you got to let this guy have time. He's never played an extended run in. It's obvious Moylan isn't the answer. The bloke cannot tackle. When we were running up these scores that are against shit sides, we couldn't get competitive against good sides. Every team, everyone in the world knew that Moylan's time was done. We held on too long, and by the time Trinidad got in, okay, he played a couple of good games. But he's still he's going into next year as an unknown. This is a bloke who's had three seasons in here now, and we still don't know what we got. That's a coaching issue. Okay, hindsight's a great thing, and yeah, we were scoring lots of points against shit sides. 
You could have put Urine at half at five eight. Nico Hines is still going ballistic, beating those shit sides. I I maintain that he doesn't know how to use Dalfinukan. He overuses Toby Rudolph, and it's not like this time last year. I would have been sweet. It's a first year coach. You get what you get. But when Justin Holbrook came up and he didn't come out and say, "I need this guy," that says to me he thinks he's he's ready. He's not ready. He, he's a hundred percent not the finished product. He needs someone there, and I think as we look back, the reason we didn't finish higher sits firmly on the shoulders of Craig Fitzgibbon. Now, I think the fact that we were so good last year also sits on the shoulders of Craig Fitzgibbon. So please do not take this as, I want him out. Yes, I said that in a fit of rage. I take it back. It was a joke. This guy is a freakish young coach, but he's not there yet. He made some errors this year and set us backwards. Lessons are learned. Next year's the year. If he comes in, he's still making these decisions in his third year. He ain't it. Got to go. Craig Fitzgibbon for me, and I say that with a heavy heart because I love the bloke. How about yourself? Yeah, look, great chair. Great chair. Now, give me your most disappointing player. Dalphin Uken. I Last year, he was a freak. He just was a superstar. in every. We thought, fuck, we signed this guy for unders. Four years ain't enough. Give him another two. This year we're saying, oi, go to France, piss off, and give us our money back. I, I, I think a lot of it's got to do with how he's used, because I think if he's used as a 35 to 42-minute prop, I think we get money for we get value for money. He's always injured. He's often suspended, and when he's out there, he's just not... We've been sold a bill of goods. And I think it's got a lot to do with the use. He held Cam McInnes back, which I think is another thing. Dalfinucan for me. And again, heavy heart because I love the bloke. Yeah, now, in a really, really interesting chat I was having with someone about Dalfinucan who said that, go back to his Melbourne days, he wasn't a starter. Dalfinucan in the Premiership wins was number 15. So, I, I think Dalfinucan started against us, I think, in 2016, but he hasn't he hasn't been a regular starter. He was come off the bench, and yes, he was playing good minutes, but he was coming off the bench, and he was getting a, he was getting a second stint. You know, where, you know, he was rested, started, then he'd go on, then he'd get a rest, then he'd go backwards. We're starting him, getting every last ounce of energy out of him, giving him a quick breather and sticking him back out there. So I, I think you're right on that. Now, look, I might surprise people on this when I say my most disappointing player of the year. It's not Blake Brown. I have no expectations of that little fucking turd. I don't think he's a good player. So when your expectations are low and the delivery is low, you probably exceeded my expectations. My most disappointing player of the year is Brad Hamlin Newelli. Mm. Fuck, I really thought this was going to be the year that you'd be talking about him challenging to get his name in with the elite props of the competition. Instead, I'm looking at him going, November 1, he's off contract. I don't care if we don't extend an offer to him. Mm-hmm. Now, he got himself into a real good patch of form. And it was against the Cowboys on that Thursday night. He copped the hip drop and just never got that form back. And I get it. He's great for culture. But I don't want to see him doing the the twerking dances on social media or, or, you know, sharing the clips of him being an idiot when they do the up, up, granola. I definitely didn't want to see the video of him cutting hair in the locker room. 
this, this like this is a guy here who left the Cowboys because he wasn't taking footy seriously. Came down to Cronulla, was playing for Newtown, and didn't seem to give two shades of shit that he was playing for Newtown either. He's in the NRL squad now, and he has all the potential in the world. Like this, fucking Samoa and New Zealand were fighting over him for the World Cup. And I really just thought this year was going to be the year where you had your elite front rowers in your Haas, your James Fisher-Harris, probably throw Moses Leota, Tino, Adam Blake. That's that's your elite tier of props. And I really thought that he was going to be in that second tier of props, being told, you know, mentioning his name, how good is he? He's, he's challenging these guys for the best front row in the competition. I, I don't want him resigned at this point in time where I sit at the moment. He's got one more year with us, and if he's going to keep dishing this up now, I'd rather go and find someone else. Anyone. Anyway, right. You. Yep, mate, you give me another seven years in the gym and I'll be sweet. Now, just to veer off, just because I, I have a quick thought, it doesn't happen often, are you a little bit worried about Craig Fitzgibbon's either want to go out and find people or his inability because I think it's pretty unanimous he's 0 from 1 in purely his signings in Oregon Kafusi. Now, we know he had a big hand in signing Nico Hines, which is an undoubted win. If we weren't looking at him before Fitz came in, then we need to fold the club because I was shouting 18 months before that this kid is going to be a freak. Now, I got a little bit lucky, I'm not going to lie, that Pappenhausen got injured and Nico went ballistic. But when we were talking to Pappenhausen, or supposedly linked with Pappenhausen, I said, go get Heinz. And that's probably one that I've got right, if not very many. We haven't signed anyone for next year. He's rushed to re-sign a whole heap of players that no one else wanted. Do you think he's stubborn? He's, in, he's just unable to attract talent? Or he doesn't want to? Well, you have to have a look at, again, great, great topic of conversation here. Um, and I, I, was, I was chatting to Paul and a couple of other people about it as well. But we, the monkey, the, we need to get the monkey off the back in terms of, yes, he signed Nico Hines before he got to the club, but he needs to get a superstar across the line during his time at the club. However, I don't think that he's been able to enter in discussions with players that he may have wanted to due to salary cap restraints. Now, if you have a look at the players that he's re-signed, we haven't really gone and thrown a lot of long-term contracts out, okay? We've got some players off contract, as I said, Hamlin Newell is one of them twice, Rudolph is another, Jack Williams is another, and I think at the moment I'm probably saying Jack Williams is the only must-re-sign that we have. Um... I also don't think for the positions that we've needed the upgrade on, there has been a player that you'd, you'd probably fight over, right? Now, there are a couple that went to the Dolphins this year, and I was like, ah, you know, like I, I'm an unabashed Tom Gilbert fan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Tom Gilbert, and I, I, you know, do I think we could have got him over Dale Finucan? Absolutely. Um, but I think, I think going into 2025, so entering the 2024 season, going into 2025, Fitz needs to make a statement on a player, whether he goes in and gets someone off, contra- uh, someone off contract or he goes to somebody on contract and says, get yourself out, come over here and make a big difference at the club. So we're not going to know because he doesn't, 
he hasn't entered the market. And if you go back to when we signed him, sorry, this is a long roundabout answer, but he said, I'm coming to the club because I like the junior talent that we have and I like the current squad that we have. Now, him saying, I like the current squad that we have, and if he went and gutted it, he's just lied through his job interview like 90% of Australians at the moment, right? But I think he, I think that comment there probably dug in a hole a little bit by you know he said that I love I love the squad that we've got and I love the juniors. Our juniors are really good at the moment, and it's a shame that the flag went out the way they did. But we do have a good crop of juniors coming through. But however, like the Tigers, when we joked about it last year, it's a long time for those juniors, and like one in fifty make it. Sorry if you heard that, the missus just sneezed. Um, he needs to enter the market. Like we don't need a complete overhaul, but we need a refresh. You know. We could do with two new props. We could do with some back row depth, and we could do with yeah, fuck. I think we missed the trick in not getting Paul Allen already. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now I, I forgot. No, we need a fucking hooker. We, of course, we need a hooker, but we're signed to four years of this bloke, so it's not going to happen. I, I miss Matty Cavallo too. We did bring him across, but yeah, yeah. That, that was that was a clever signing. That that's the sort of things you need. Now look, we need to be in the market for a CR Wong or a. Terrell May, if he comes off contract. They're the kind of players that we need to compliment. He's off contract. Terrell May and Nafu White are off contract yeah. right now. See, I would go to all three and I would say, we're getting one. Don't particularly care which Trey one. Murphy. We're getting one. Trey Murphy. See, there's Isn't a lot of players that... Trey Mooney. Trey Mooney. A lot of people won't know, or they'll know, but won't get excited about that we need to look at because of all the upgrades we made. I think mm-hmm. if... we we got to let Ueli go. If Toby wants big money, I'm letting him go. I'm going to get Raymond Fatala Mariner in a heartbeat and saying, wait, you've got a bench spot for you because Wade's not there anymore. I, I still, I'm very, very high on Jess Calhoun. I think he just needs to spend the off season. I think he needs to be in the 17 next year or play prop for Newtown for 10 weeks and then say, oi, we'll look at you after purely as a prop because I think that's his best and that's where we need. I would get to... Or lock, like just in the middle. Put him in the middle. doesn't yeah. matter what jersey, just put him in there. I would get big tooks and I would say, okay, you got an off-season to prove if you want this, otherwise we're going to cut you. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at a player like a Tyrrell, mate, who can say, oi, you want to come make a, a name for yourself at Cronulla? We've got to start and prop. I guarantee you he's going to jump at it because this is a bloke who wants to play regular first grade rather than be on the fringe. And they've also brought Spencerlino over. That's it. So they're the kind of signings we need. I still think if Talakai is used correctly as a second row or a middle, I think we got that, and then you put someone out wide. I like the core of the squad. It's, it may sound like I don't, but I really do. I just think that we can use players better, like Fanukin as a middle prop. Swap in for Toby. You know, Colhoun in for um, Ueli. There you go. You freed up how much money, and you've got younger players and players being used correctly. You put you got you got to stop running Williams, McInnes. And Fanukin off the bench if you're going to run that because they're three, they're exact same player. So you need it. You need a bloke who's different. So I think that's where we need to look. I don't expect a huge name signing, but if Moylan goes, if Tracy goes, if so and so goes, and he's not sold on Trindle or Dykes, there's a huge name number six coming off that we need to be right up his asshole. Now I don't like the bloke. Full disclosure, he signs for Cronulla. He's my second favorite player automatically, and that's Jerome Luai. If Cronulla aren't in Jerome and Luai, yeah, all no, over no. that bloke, so help me God. Now I know that people will yell culture. You know, K Dykes this, K Dykes that. I'm K Dykes' biggest fan without sharing his same surname or being his girlfriend. 
And if I could, I would, because this dude is fantastic in every single way. But if you offer me him or Jerome Luai, I'm pushing Kate Dykes down the stairs. Let's not be silly about this. He's the big fish that we need to go after. If we don't get him, at least push it close and pick those Terrell May-type players up. I think we've got a huge future here, mate, but we've got to stop this. Oh, yeah, it's got to come from within the club because outside of the field we've got, we've seen Newtown just got pounded the second their depth dropped. We've got to make these signings. We've got to eat a bit of crow here. Fitz has got to eat a bit of crow. Bit of a uh, bit of an off off topic rant there by myself. Looks like Terry's frozen. I may have talked him into frozenness, but uh, we'll give it thirty seconds and I will I will go on. All right, a uh, awkward and random restart of the computer later, and Terry is back, mate. I was just saying that Fitzgibbon needs a bit of, eat a bit of crow and sign some players and maybe tap some players on the shoulder. But we can we can save that for another day. It, it, it's a great shout for. For Jerome Luai. Tom Dearden's off contract as well. Oh, well, um, mate, I'd be all up Dearden. Yeah, is what I was getting. Now, just, just have, so, uh, Wade Graham's retired. We've got Mawini Hirodi and Jaden Barrow. Now, Jaden Barrow doesn't look like he's going to be re-signed. And I probably wouldn't re-sign Hirodi either. Uh, leaves us two spots and not a lot of money. Um, there's rumours around Connor Tracy going to Parramatta. There were rumours around Kay Lero going to... Penrith, uh, Manly, uh, also after him. There's rumours of Matt Moylan um, going to England, but not uh, not in Catalans. It's a, another team I've heard has entered into the uh, fray for young Matthew Moylan. Um, but if you have a look at who we've got, come November 1, Jesse Colhoun, Cade Dykes, Braden Hamlin-Newelli, Kaylee Matt Moylan, Nwayi Pudu, Toby Rudolph, Satani Torquemo, Connor Tracy and Jack Williams, right? Not a lot of money again. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Je- Jesse Colhoun is, is a must-re-sign, but not on big money. Uh, Cade Dykes probably won't get the upgrade that he thought he was going to get. Jack Williams is is one that I would definitely be giving uh, a, a contract to. But then you've got Ueli, Iro, Moylan, who should be gone before the season starts. Puru, Rudolph, Torquemo... And Tracy, if he doesn't leave, I'm not rushing out to re-sign any of them apart from Dykes, Colhoun, and Williams. I'm letting the others earn contracts. And I think that's what you saw with someone like Royce Hunt, who was just given a contract for two years. Mm-hmm. So there you go, you're you're in you're in the squad now. So I think um, yeah, we definitely need to to sign some players, but you know, there's some, there's some good there's some good players off contract. Um, I'm just having I'm having a toggle here and going to 2023 off contract players, and I'm pretty sure if I scroll down to the Roosters, that uh, White and Talamay are off contract. Really? They are off contract right now. Well, I would definitely be saying, "Oi, boys, one of you come across," and I don't care which. Yeah. yeah. Um. There is there we we have uh, apparently been in talks with uh, Trey Mooney from uh, Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um, now he had a tremendous game against us and was absolutely sensational for the Raiders uh, against Newcastle. Um, but that talk has died down pretty quickly, and Trey Mooney looks set to extend his time at the Raiders. 
which is pretty disappointing. They're the sorts of signings we need, mate. We can do a full, yeah. when, especially in November 1, we can start talking, playing some fantasy yeah. football. But there's some people I've seen in the chats that are, are trying to sign. Oh, we need to sign this player and this player. The salary cap's tight. I think we need to tap players on or wait till one or two of these expire. But if there is a way to get Tom Deard into the club, we need to find it because I think he'll be a fair well, bit cheaper. Well, oh, no. I'm, I'm, if, we, if we're going to spend big money and a half, I'm going to drive the line. Oh, absolutely. But you can get him for about half what you're going to have to pay Lua. Oh, I don't think... Well, I mean, you're probably going to have to pay Jerome Lua anywhere 850 north. I don't think you'll get Tom Dean for 400 grand. He's an origin player, I think. You know, he's actually an origin winner. Mm. Uh, I think uh, I think you're going to have to sort of pay similar prices. And I think for Tom Dean, he's pretty entrenched in North Queensland, whereas I think Jerome Lua would be the easier... Discussion, but it's it's all hearsay at the market. Wait for them to mm. hit the open market as you can. Dan, who's player of the year? I'm going to give an honourable mention to Jesse Ramin, who I thought is finally starting to find his potential. Not quite there yet. Still got that dumb game in him. But you cannot convince me that it's anyone other than Nico Hines. He's purely the reason why we're playing finals football, and he's purely the reason why we were in the game the other night to play finals football. People came up and said, oh, he didn't kick the field goal. Yeah, look, I agree. And Nathan Cleary would have kicked the field goal. Yeah, it was a shit pass, but Nathan Cleary would have kicked the field goal. Um, you know, Cherry Evans would have kicked the field goal. Adam Reynolds would have kicked the field goal. So he's not the truly elite. But, mate, you take Nico Hines out of that side, and we finished 10th, and you cannot convince me otherwise. There were probably players who played more above where they are than Nico did, and I think Nico obviously fell back a little bit from his near-flawless year last year. But this is a bloke that carried us on our on his back when he had Matt Mullen as his half and then a rookie, Braden Trindle, who was down on confidence. He has the worst forward pack in the elite teams by a long, long, long way. And I'd say a lot of the teams below us have got better forward packs. And he had Will Kennedy out, who was our you know second-best attacking player all season for long periods of time. So, mate, anyone other than Nico Hines is complete nonsense as far as I'm concerned. I'll give you my three, two, one. Number three, I actually had Nico Hines. Yeah. I had Nico on the basis of availability, and he copped a bit of injury this year. But also, as well, I think there were a lot of distractions for Nico this year. Uh, his mum and the awful uh, Brad Fittler. Mm-hmm. And I think going into that Origin camp. And coming out of it was the worst thing that happened to him. And his confidence was down a lot. And it saw us take a dip in form. But it also saw some players around him stand up, which was which was really good for mine. Um, I honestly want him to retire from rep football now. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go through that horse shit with it again because he's a fantastic player. He's arguably one of the faces of the game, but he's a guy who shows that... Uh, he doesn't deal well with adversity that he doesn't need. Uh, I had him at number three. Number two, uh, Big Chilly Willie would have been my player of the year, but the injury uh, allowed another player to leapfrog him. Although Will Kennedy had a great year, was going to be on contract to sm- uh, uh, sorry was going to be on target to smash his try scoring and try assists for the year. Kick return meters were up. You know his defence. He looked really confident. Another year, put three or four kilos on, and you're probably going to start talking about one of the the you know, premier fullbacks in the competition. 
but my player of the year on the basis that he stepped up. I wanted him gone. I wanted him to take the Tigers deal. And I thought the best thing about this guy is how hard he played. He was available for every game. And my undisputed player of the year this year is Britton Nicker. Yeah, well, that's it's not a bad shout, mate. He, he was absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, he we were copping grief all off-season. Oh, you know, we we turned down Nicara to sign Papa Lee, said the Tigers. And, mate, there ain't no one in the world who reckons that Papa Lee had a, a season anywhere near Nicara's. And this is a bloke who will be the first outside wide-running forward pick for the Kiwis, and there are some absolute monsters in that position. So... Not a bad shout, mate. I, I would have had him in at second, second or third, but I just you take Nico Hines out of that side, mate, and we're not even sitting here because we out season would have ended weeks ago, and I would I would have just fucking given up. I uh, yeah I, look, I I don't I don't doubt in your in your thinking that you know Nico Hines is our most important player, and if you take him out of the the team that you know we are. You know, in a in a rough spot, but I just yeah, I think Nicara in terms of what he did last year, and you know, you and I did a podcast waving him goodbye, mm. take the money at the Tigers and fuck off, end your career. He was undisputedly the most improved player in the competition. He de- definitely at Cronulla. Mm. I think there's you know you, you could you could name one from every team and you wouldn't be wrong, mm. but he would be right up there. Um, that was it. No more. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. The podcast next week's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've recorded an episode of Regular Yet Laws, um, which was great this week. Go and check it out. Uh, we just did the Knock On, which is a new podcast brought to you by Zero Tackle. What's coming out on Zero Tackle this week, Dan? What can we expect on there? We can read right now. It's up now. What went wrong at Cronulla? So... To hear what I said, uh, put into words, and full disclosure, I I put a lot more thought into Zero Tackle because obviously I have time to go back and edit before I hit submit, rather than just recording while I'm angry after a game. So there's a lot more, lot more thought, a lot more critical thinking going into that. So definitely recommend that. And if you if you want to laugh at Canberra, go on that too because I had a lot of fun tearing them apart. There's a lot of lot of things coming in the next few weeks. A lot of Cronulla stuff too because they're finally cottoned on that when I write the Cronulla things, it gets a lot more views. Because I don't want to talk about rather than the the blow-ins writing as they get on Fox Sports. Someone who said Blake Bradley took his game to the next level this year and earned an Origin call-up, which I um, I'm going to hammer him till he either blocks me or deletes it. But um, yeah, look out for that. But mate, one more game left for the club this year. The girls play on Sunday afternoon against Parramatta. Uh, part of a double header. Make sure you watch if you can. I'll be looking forward to it. I think we'll, we'll smash Parramatta and end on a high. We'll probably finish six. Um, as, Above the Dragons, which is which is good, I think we'll beat Parramatta by a long way. We can we can break that down in the off season too, mate. But uh, I'm looking forward to a weekend where I'm only going to get angry once. I got to admit. How about yourself, oh, mate? I'm I'm looking forward to a weekend where the Premier League's back and another team is going to let me down in a big way. Yeah. Uh, go the Reds and fuck the Sharks. Yeah, well, do, do, mate, do we hail Matt Moylan for potentially the last time? 
Look, I will never not hail Matt Moylan as long as we're on this podcast because he brought us here. But if he's performing, the last game that we saw Matt Moylan was uh, Newcastle. Was Newcastle? He wasn't on the bench against Canberra, was he? No. If it was a loss, a tragic loss, it probably sums up his time. Thanks for the memories, Matt. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We could deal with that 350k. How am I more than? How am I more than?